Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Creative Control with Bish Khan. Hello once again. Welcome to another episode of this show. Now, before I get into this particular show, I want to tell you about Long Night with Bish Khanna, my talk show that I do once a month in Toronto. And the next one is Friday, February 7th. It's at, at the Great Hall, 1087 Queen Street, Queen and Dover Court, part of the Long Winter Art Series. Uh, I, I have this talk show. It's going pretty well. And this Friday, my guests on the talk show are Dave Bedini, who's going to talk about his new book, Keon and Me, My Search for the Lost Soul of the Leafs, Toronto mayoral candidate Richard Underhill, Jonathan Goldsby, the staff newswriter, uh, one of the staff newswriters at Now Magazine, uh, Chef Paul Saunier of P.S. I Love You will be doing a live cooking exhibition. I believe Regina the Gentle Lady might be present. And my co-host, of course, is always James Keast of Exclaim Magazine and my house band, The Bicycles. That's the show. I'm, my Black History Month show is nothing but white people. Now, I tried to make this a more diverse panel. I tried. I tell you, I have never been rejected by more women in my life. I tried. I, I asked everyone. No one would be on the show. Anyway, I'm very happy. It's a great lineup. Nothing wrong with the lineup, but uh, just so you know, I know. I know what you're thinking about it. That's all. All right, on this episode, Bear from A Tribe Called Red. A Tribe Called Red, a great electronic powwow music band from the Ottawa area. And uh, uh, they're playing the Hillside Inside Festival on Friday, February 7th, the same night as my talk show. You're going to have to make a decision here. But they're playing in Guelph uh, with uh, Lido uh, Pimenta, who is just on the show as well. And a very nice conversation with Bear, very frank. Uh, I've been saying that a lot lately. I don't know why, but it's true. He just, he opens up. He talks a lot about his band, about uh, how he feels they're representing uh, their culture, how they're dealing with their audience broadening, and maybe people coming to the band who don't really know the culture and don't appreciate it and how they're interacting with it. And a lot of stuff about their new record uh, that they're making right now. And it sounds very ambitious. You'll hear that on the show. So here it is, Bear from A Tribe Called Red on the show. Let's go. The 
This week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening Invisible Woman, The Act of Killing, Philomena, Mandela, Long Walk to Freedom, Gravity, A Hard Day's Night, and more. On February 6th, the Guelph Black Heritage Society helps kick off Black History Month at the Bookshelf with a screening of the aforementioned Mandela and a reception hosted by Garvia Bailey and a performance by the Joni Nerita Band. And on February 4th, the Birds on a Wire series at the E-Bar features Alinka Krakus. The Bookshelf is an independently owned culture hub located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph. Visit bookshelf.ca for more information. Bear Witness is a co-founder of the inventive Ottawa-based trio A Tribe Called Red. Renowned for making a sophisticated kind of dance music dubbed Electric Powwow, Tribe Called Red's live show is a sensory overload, mixing powerful music with stunning visual imagery drawing from underground and aboriginal culture. The infectious energy has translated well onto record, too. Their 2013 album Nation to Nation made the shortlist for the Polaris Music Prize, earning the group the high profile and platform they so richly deserve. A Tribe Called Red are touring across Canada with select U.S. dates in February, including a stop at Guelph's Hillside Inside Festival on Friday, February 7th. Here now to discuss uh, this further is Bear from A Tribe Called Red. Uh, hey, Bear, how you doing? Not bad. How are you, man? I'm very well. I'm very well. Now, last time, well, before I get to the last time you and I spoke, which I hold dear. You probably have no idea where I'm going <laughs> to be going with this one, but I hold it dear. Uh, before I get to that, where in the world are you? Uh, I'm in Ottawa right now. We, uh, we've we been off the road for a couple of weeks, uh, home working on the new album. Oh, sweet. You're already... Uh, you guys are endlessly prolific. I don't... Wait, is it possible to be endlessly prolific? I don't know if that <laughs> makes sense. That's what prolific means. But you, you seem to always be working. You're always, I'm, right, I'm right, right? You're constantly making... Uh, Recording music. Uh, well, we haven't gotten a chance to uh, to do a lot of music over the past like eight, ten months that we've been on tour most of the time. Uh, so yeah, right now it's just kind of get getting back to it. Okay, cool. All right, so now let's get back to the thing I was really excited about. Uh, the last time you and I spoke, and uh, I'll jog your memory. This was the last time you and I spoke. First of all, do you remember the last time you and I spoke? Uh, no, I'm not sure. That's fine. That's totally fair. I, 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 I'm with you on that. I wouldn't remember me either. But the last time you and I spoke, we were on live TV. It was at the Polaris Music Prize Gala. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember that for sure. Yeah, and I was, I was working. I remember you. Now you remember, see, because I said yeah, TV. Yeah. I said TV, and now it, it comes clear. So I was working for Ox TV that night, and we spoke, uh, and it was basically moments after you had finished performing, and then also, uh, interestingly, moments before the announcement of the Polaris Music Prize. So I want to go back to that night in September a little bit. What did you make of that whole experience at the gala and uh, the aftermath? Uh, the gala, I mean, just being a part of that whole, the whole production of the show and being there and everything was pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, it was one of those things where we, I gotta, we felt kind of, um, I don't want to say out of place because everybody made us feel really comfortable, but it just was kind of like, wow, we're here. You know, with all these, uh, with all these other artists that, that uh, yeah, it, w- it was uh, definitely a humbling experience. Uh, 
and then performing, you know, was a was a lot of fun. We had a good time on stage, but uh, you know, we had just started touring with uh, with our dancers, so having him there was really neat. Uh, I remember right before we went on stage, though, being like, "Wow, we have to follow the Mets." Like those guys killed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a really good experience all around. Okay, cool. No, I remember. Uh, you know, this is. You were kind of hyped up from just having performed, but you kind of you, you said something similar. So I'm glad that feeling has stayed with you. Yeah, definitely. Now, then the the result came in that Godspeed had won. Uh, there was a, a resulting kerfuffle, and uh, I'm curious what you made of the the, the uh, result and uh, the resulting uh, uh, as I say, brouhaha. Uh, I think the main thing that I took away from uh, you know, Godspeed winning was, uh, to me, it, it made me a lot more interested, uh, in, in the Polaris. I think made it, you know, mean, even mean more, uh, you know, already being a prize that looked at, um, just looked at the artistic side of things, but to be able to give an award to a group that's not even going to show up for it, or is not going to do, you know, all the kind of press stuff and the things that, that, um, you know, look, look, reflect well on the Polaris after winning the prize. You know, for to take to give it to a group that's not going to participate, to me that just you know that speaks to the uh, the integrity of the whole, of the of the award itself. That's interesting. So you the you think that Polaris came off with more integrity or rather more credibility uh, as a result of giving it to Godspeed? How do you suppose Godspeed came across uh, uh, in their reaction? Uh, you know, I mean, I think it was it was the kind of reaction we all expected to see from them. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, they just kind of that's uh, the kind of thing that they do. So. You know, it's uh, <laughs> it's their thing. Yeah, no, and it, and I'm I'm firmly on their side in terms of uh, the way they they reacted, and and I mean, I should say when I say I'm on their side, I I I had no issue with it, and uh, yeah, and I, as you say, anyone who's followed the band would expect uh, maybe nothing less. Uh, on some level, they're exactly. a very they're a very surprising entity, but. Yeah, I could know anyone who knew them could see why they might not want to have anything to do with this particular thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now you guys kind of embraced it though. So I guess the flip side of that is I think of both of you both this band uh, Godspeed obviously been around a lot longer um on some level their aesthetic, their uh perspective is sort of well established. You guys uh, a younger band um and pe- but people know that you also are uh, can think of you as being outspoken. On, on the flip side, why play the game? Why actually engage with Polaris the way you did? Uh, well, I think from you know, like a indigenous music perspective, it's about inclusion and representation hmm. that that we haven't we haven't had those opportunities in the past at all. Um, so now to be you know to be seen uh, with other artists on a on a national and international level. Um, just as, as as artists, as well as being indigenous artists, but being um, be, being held in, like in, in in competition with all these other artists um, from every nationality, uh, is something that we haven't been able to, to participate in the past. Hmm. Participate in a way that we haven't in the past, or haven't been included in the past. So for us, something like the Polaris is particularly important because of uh, the exposure it puts not just on ourselves. But on on indigenous music in general. So you felt a, a certain degree of cultural responsibility to represent and be present and uh, and I, I suppose in a sense be humble. Um, 
and and also you know take part. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I I can see having seen the band and 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 understanding having an understanding. It may not be the right one, uh, but having an understanding of what you're about, I can totally see why a tribe called Red is resonating with people right now, in particular. What's been the biggest challenge for the group as your audience not only expands in terms of size, but is it's your audience? I assume is getting more broad. Uh, if I don't know how else to put it, you're. Mm-hmm. You, do you know what I mean by that? It's not only going to be music heads; it's now going to be maybe the casual observers heard of a tribe called Red and will just check it out and may have no idea what you're hoping to convey or what you're like as people. Do you, you know what I mean? Like it probably mm-hmm. started from a grassroots position, and now you're broadening. What has been the challenge there? Um, it's. I mean, it's hard. To, it's it's hard to say really because. We started off wanting to make wicked dance music. Like that's that was our that was our goal. We wanted to throw a great dance party. We wanted to make great dance music, and you know that that was that was our that was our initial goal, um, and, and have that aim towards and represent um, ourselves and our community. Uh, and I, as it's grown, I mean, it's it's hard for like it's hard to say like if somebody doesn't get the whole message of a tribe called Red, is that is that a bad thing? I don't know. Like if they if they show up and they and they like our music and it makes you dance, if you can enjoy it just on that level, I mean that's just as much of a win for us. If you're able to, um, you know, to get into what we talk about, uh, to be confronted with the things that we talk about, um, to have you know, to, to get any of the other things that we're offering around the music, that's a, that's that's even more. That's even that's even better. That's a double win. That's a triple win. That's you know. Um, just as good, but, uh, I but, think, but, as but, having. Yeah, no, that that's fair. But are there miscon? Are there common misconceptions that are coming up? Um, I, I mean, I'm yeah, I'm sure there. I'm sure that that that's happening. Um, just as much as people are having their eyes open to aspects of our culture that they were unaware of. So I think it had to, it happens on both sides. Hmm. Um, you know, there was the whole thing with uh, you know. The, people showing up to our shows in war paint or headdresses and those sort of things that are happening, not just at our shows, but at all, all types of music shows, you know, it's, a, it's especially at festivals and those sort of things, you know, people showing up in feathers and headdresses and this kind of stuff is, has become pretty common. Um, the thing is once, when you show up to one of our shows doing that, you get something said to you. Right. So let me, <laughs> that's totally true. Now, now for people that don't, understand why that would be inappropriate what to you would you what, what would you like to say to someone who's contemplating doing such a thing before they head out to a tribe called red show is there do you know is there something you'd like to say to them to maybe have them think twice uh yeah well you, where the conversation usually heads to right away is well this is something i was doing to uh support you or to honor you and you know that's a really quick answer to say. Well, no, you're not. That's you're not accomplishing that. But that that's not respectful. That that doesn't honor us. Um, you know, you're and and to get deeper into it, it would be a much longer explanation. But just to say that no, that that that's not correct. You know, if you want to, if you want to honor us, if you want to, you know, just come and be a part and experience what we're doing. Right. Um, yeah. But but so I'm 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 happy to hear what the I, I I'm happy to if someone would ask you a follow up, like, but I don't understand like I'm trying to this is me like they don't this person likely is not going to be familiar with the idea 
of appropriation and what that means, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. why it might be uh, problematic. But I'm just curious, like, because you're when you say earlier that you're, and I'm not I'm not trying to put a burden of responsibility on you, but as you raise the profile of the culture every time you go on tour or anything, you are going to have to deal with this. And on some level, you have been dealing with it. And on some level, you might have to resolve it. So if there's people listening who maybe casually like the band and don't understand why this is problematic, how do you go into it? And I know you say it's a longer answer, but I'm just curious how you would articulate that. Um, Well, it starts off with the idea that, um, you know, these things, war paint, uh, uh, war bonnets or headdresses, these represent all indigenous culture in North America. Where it's you know that's 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 one culture, and it's actually not the culture of anybody within a tribe called Red. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's the idea, this idea of pan Indianism, uh, where where we've been denied our nationhood, you know, we've been denied our our individual cultures, mm-hmm. uh, um, and then turned into this one image that, uh, of what of, of what an indigenous person in North America is. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that, that's a, that, that's one starting point. Well, I mean, the the, the stereotype of of the individual that would uh, try to take this on is that of a potentially unenlightened fellow, and a potentially a white person. Like, are you surprised by the level of uh, let's this let's just say, like, have you been surprised by the level of ignorance by people that should know better? Um, again, that's something that comes at, uh, you know, both ways where it's like, yeah, it it blows me away sometimes. I mean, it blows me away, but I've come to expect, I guess, a certain level of ignorance when it comes to indigenous culture, because it's not something that's taught. It's not something, it's something that's been pushed aside, um, within, you know, uh, Canadian culture. It's something that's not, uh, recognized. You know, to 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 think that people within this country don't know uh, powwow music, or I've never heard powwow music before. I don't know those really, um, you know, uh, kind of easy to understand parts of our culture um, are, are completely unknown to people. Or even things like uh, you know, residential schools. You know, they've gotten a lot of a lot more um, uh, attention in the past few years, but most people. Had never heard of them, right? Right. You know, and, that, and you know, these are major parts of of the way that that our nations have have interacted with with Canada. Um, so it doesn't surprise me when people are ignorant about our culture. Mm-hmm. What I find more surprising are the people who aren't, and and that we do run into a lot of people on the road who do understand what what is going on, both indigenous and non-indigenous. So. You know, I, I find myself uh, surprised on both ends. Yeah, that's that sounds heartening. I mean, it, it it does speak to a larger pedagogical issue, right? I mean, there's there's just a lack of information, or rather, people are not as informed as they could be uh, about these issues. And um, you know, I, I kind of I don't think I don't think that's any accident either, right? It's right. one of those things where it's like if you can if you can ignore it, then you, then you don't have to deal with it. Yeah. Right. For many artists, making music is is in itself a political act. Uh, maybe not in a conventional, you know, policy impacting way, but as a means of expression. It's a political where the political is per, is personal or whatever that sort of cliche saying is. That's kind of what it is, right? That's what may, maybe writing a song can be a, a kind of political act. 
Uh, some people sense a political undercurrent in a tribe called Red. If that's the case, how do you suppose your politics actually manifest themselves in your in your art? Uh, well, I, it's one of those things where I was raised um, to not see those things as, as separated. So your your everyday life, the political, the personal, you know, what we do in our in our work and our art is all part of the same thing. It's all it's all uh, a part of a holistic package. Hmm. Um, so to be political within our art as as indigenous DJs and musicians. It's kind of automatic. It's part of. It's part of it. If we're going to use, you know, if we're going to use our culture to make our music, then we also have a responsibility to talk about the rest of it. Um, so, so if the three of you get together to write a song uh, and come up with a song, are you suggesting that the act itself is kind of inherently political? Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Um, and the fact that we're that we're able to do what we do. Is political. I mean, it, it, it represents um, the, the 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 survival of our culture. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, five hundred years of colonization, uh, and we're still able to do this. We still have the, the 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 knowledge of our culture and our history, and we're still thriving in in today. So, in in sort of adopting electronic music as a form. Are you kind of hinting at the idea that this beat culture that we have so accepted is a a logical extension of your own traditional, uh, like the the traditional rhythms? Yeah. Did I, ju- right did, right I just, did I ask you an NPR question just now? <laughs> well, we we started off um, uh, when we started throwing the electric power parties. Um, Sort of with this idea of it being a cultural continuum. So looking at um, what powwow um, does with a, you know for the community for, for our community um, in a way of you know, creating a space uh, to you know a meeting place, a place to um, interact with people, to, to, to see and be seen, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but how we incorporated that with our lives as as DJs and. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Club goers and that sort of thing was like, well, where is it going to happen now in the city? Well, it's going to happen in a club. Hmm. And, you know, so that, that's kind of the, the ideas of the Electric Power Party were, were based on that. You know, my... My perception, and it might be a naive one at this point, but my perception of electronic music and, and hip-hop music 
uh, is that because of this kind of implementation and the, the implementation of the instrumentation and the technology, to me, it always sounds like the most futuristic music. It always sounds like the most not current even. It seems like something from beyond this time. Does that make sense? So, And I don't know if this makes sense. This is just a theory I have. That electronic music is the closest we will come to advancing music beyond guitar, bass, drums, whatever it is. So in your case, then, you have a confluence of potentially some of the oldest music tradition and the, and what I consider to be the the most cutting edge. Do you think that's a... Is that a happy accident? What is that? Um, no, no, it was definitely, definitely a conscious act and not one that like we're the only ones who have seemed to turn on to recently. Hmm. Um, there's kind of a global indigenous bass movement that's happening all over the world where, in, you know, uh, indigenous people have a look, it's, um, what am I trying to say? It's come to a point where we all seem to have turned on to the idea of finding ways to mix our our traditional knowledge with 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 our contemporary lives. Yeah, and uh, it's something that's yeah. It's, it's really exciting actually to watch um, everybody kind of turning on to these ideas at the same time. So, do you hear you you're seeing as we as we've established, you're seeing your audience expand. Uh, you're seeing sort of I guess new people come to the band and embrace the music. What do uh, your elders think of it? What do people who are uh, into the more traditional aspects of a tribe called Red, what would what what has the feedback been about from them about your music? Um, it's been all positive so far. Hmm. There, there hasn't been anybody who said, you know, you know, what you're doing isn't being respectful, or what you're doing isn't uh, isn't following uh, protocols or traditions or anything like that. It's uh, it's been very positive reactions. You know, I think I I expected to get the you know some something like that along the line or much much sooner than than now, hmm. um, but so far people have been have been very receptive and supportive, and have owned it really quickly. Um, so I, I mean I think that's part of it, it just being the right moment in, in time. I, so I don't think it's something that we could have done you know ten or fifteen years ago that it might not have been the right time and uh, for people to accept it. Uh, or want it, but uh, I think we're really we're filling we're filling a need right now more than anything. That you know we're 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 really represent where the urban indigenous community is right now and what it what it, you know what what it wants to see. Um, you know we're kind of creating a, a soundtrack to to an urban indigenous culture that's really uh, forming and defining itself now. I, I gather that you're, I don't know if you're doing this or I'm reading into it, but are you, when you sort of speak of the zeitgeist, when you kind of talk about how we're in a moment and this is a, of a moment and you've tapped into the right time, are you at all alluding to the Idle No More movement? Are you alluding to a general consciousness of uh, this, the, the, the things we've discussed uh, earlier in terms of the fact that people are starting to become a little more aware of the history that has uh, otherwise been ignored or or cast aside do you feel like the consciousness of uh indigenous culture is is up to a point that people can't ignore what you're doing yeah yeah i think all of those things are, are connected and they're all happening at the same time for a reason right um yeah it's 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 uh why that is i think it's a, there's a there's a lot of factors that go into it but um, we've just come to a point now where, where you know, indigenous communities 
are have become stronger uh, again, and have and, and you know have, are are not willing to, to let their voices not be heard anymore. Right. Okay. So that, that manifests itself in all in all sorts of ways. Yeah, and I you know I'm obviously trying to for the sake of some kind of coherent idea reducing everything <laughs> and i know i know it's difficult to be like yes all of these things are connected because of this re- like because of x like it doesn't make any sense but there is clearly something going on and, and it sounds to me that you feel like you're just part of this wave and you're enjoying yeah. that yeah definitely yeah like it's maybe not something that you can consciously explain even it's just this is what's going on and it's happening and you're dealing with it yeah, you know, there's a real feeling. I think that we're like, like you said, following the wave. That we're just, we're 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 a part. We're part of something much larger yeah. than than just what a tribe called Red is doing. That we're we're representing um, a feeling that that's across, uh, you know, across the world. Right. And not and not just uh, related to indigenous people. I think it's it's a feeling of you know I, I like to use that term uh, being turned on. You know that that people are they're turning on to this same idea all around the world. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. No, it's cool. It's and it's cool to be. I think it's actually healthy to be aware of that. Um, to know that you're part of some. You 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 get a sense that you're part of a larger movement. Uh, you're not mm-hmm. just out there going rogue or whatever. <laughs> um, no, I think that's cool. Now, you mentioned uh, very exciting news that you're heading to the studio soon to uh, work on uh, the follow-up to Nation to Nation. Where are you guys at? What's going on uh, with that uh, process? Uh, we're in our first sessions uh, working on it. So uh, uh, we re- yeah, right now we just rented a house in Ottawa and moved the studio into the basement. Uh, so doing our first week of production there. Uh and then heading to Toronto for next week for another week in a studio that a more uh, professional setup studio. So this right now, just working on our on our basic ideas and getting our bed tracks together. Um, this this album's going to be uh, very different from our first two, where this is going to be much more collaborative based um, and working with uh, other other artists, uh, you know, musicians, singers, songwriters, working with a cellist, MCs, and all. Across the board, um, other people that that we've connected with, both indigenous and non-indigenous artists, and and some more well-known and some more unknown, uh, but just making this, uh, um, uh, like I said, a, a collaborative-based project. Uh, so it's going to be a very different process for us. It uh, so basically, you're going from well, it, it's it's incorrect to describe um, the previous two records as being instrumentally based because there are uh, obviously vocals. Um, uh, th- spice throughout the uh, spiced. What am I? I'm I'm hungry. You, clearly, I'm hungry. I'm thinking <laughs> of spices. No, but you know what I mean. There are there are vocal tracks uh, in the previous mm-hmm. stuff. Why? So I, I I and I don't want to shortchange them by not describing them as songs because they're clearly still compositions and songs. But it sounds like if you're going to be incorporating people from different cultures, you mentioned MCs, you mentioned singer songwriters. That suggests that there might be a more uh, articulated lyrical framework. Uh, why why adopt that? Why why explore that uh, in a tribe called Red? Uh, I think we're just ready to to start trying different things. Um, as well, it just came out of the idea of you know we've been on the road for the better part of two years, and the people that we've become close friends with are are 
are other people on the road. So there's all these other musicians and artists that we we want to work with, that we want to try experimenting things with. Um, yeah, so it just grew out of that that uh, that feeling of wanting to work with more than just the, the three of us, as well as stretch our legs and see what else we can do um, beyond just making club bangers. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, and you know, although we had worked with all these drum groups uh, on our previous albums, they were sampled. So they they were sending us their tracks, and we were remixing them basically, hmm. uh, or sampling them into our songs. Um, on this album, when we you know, we're gonna also get to work with drum groups, so not just collaborating with you know MCs and all these people, but get to co- actually collaborate with some of these drum groups. So um, yeah, just moving things away from the, just a sample-based thing and getting to have uh, more our hands deeper into what we're using, I guess. Okay, so you're gonna demo some stuff in a house in Ottawa. Do you know what studio you're, you, you must know? What studio are you heading to in Toronto to, to begin work? Uh, it's just, it's like a private studio, which is like renting from a friend who's out of town, sort of thing. Okay, you're crashing someone's yeah. studio. That's what's going on. You're yeah. being you're being a little sneaky. <laughs> if someone's out yeah, of town. Yeah, you're it's... sneaking in. Okay, all right. And and then in terms of the contributions of other people, um, have you figured out um, like are, are the lyrics uh, their responsibility? Are the sort of motifs that might come through in the songs up to them, or are they uh, are they also a collaborative thing between you and them? Um, I don't know yet. <laughs> well, the stuff, the stuff that we have recorded uh, already. A couple, well, we've recorded a couple of vocalists already and uh, recorded their songs. You know, it's like like if you work with an MC, you just kind of you know send them a beat and uh, they'll send you their bars back. And uh, oh, I see. You okay. know, or or working with musicians where we'll just uh, you know we'll have like a bed track, a basic idea of a beat, and then uh, send it to them and then get them in the studio to play on top of it. Right, but is it a situation where you send them a track and it's called uh, Bank Vault, and then do they have to come up with, they're like, oh, I guess I should write a thing about a bank vault. Like, do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, no, not really. We haven't we haven't worked any, with anybody on, like that. Okay. Um, yeah, if, if it's like somebody who, who's going to sing or something, it's their, it's their lyrical content. Okay. Now, I imagine everything's still in, in process, uh, in the process, rather, but I can't help but ask if you can share at least some of the people you're hoping to work with or have already already uh, begun uh, collaborating with? I, I just, I'd, I'd like to know. Yeah, um, well, we've already begun collaborating with um, uh, an MC uh, called Helen Back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably definitely uh, my favorite uh, Native MC. Um, it has definitely been part of the, um, the Native hip-hop community pretty much from the start. Uh, so we got some great stuff from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the same on the same track, we were, uh, also recorded uh, Tanya Tagak. Oh, nice. Uh, first singer, yeah. So you know, bringing people together like that, like just completely different types of artists on the one track, and yeah, that's that, that's 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 the first one we got underway. Um, we also worked uh, spent some time working with a group called Oka uh-huh. uh, from Australia, mm-hmm. uh, indigenous indigenous electronic uh, live electronic acts uh, okay. from Australia. Uh, spent some time with them uh, when we were in Winnipeg uh, as part of the um, uh, Aboriginal Music Week uh, earlier this year. So we already recorded some stuff with them that we're going to work on mixing now for the album. Isn't it weird how the, these music festivals, like, I mean, it's not weird. It makes complete sense. It's just funny how it's a total meeting place, right? It's like like you, uh, like people from all over the world can convene upon these festivals and you can, if you're lucky, you establish a rapport and a relationship with an artist from 
in this case, Australia, that you probably would have never encountered, right? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so, okay, is there any anything else? Any any other reveals? Uh that's that's it for now. Okay, <laughs> I appreciate you being. We're still we're still working on nailing stuff down, so there's a lot up in the air at the moment. That's cool. You know, Tanya Tagak is also playing this Hillside Inside event that you're playing. Oh yeah. Yeah, like the next day, you're playing on Friday. She's she's playing with Timber Timber on Sunday. Oh, nice. Or no, Saturday. I apologize. Saturday afternoon. If you're still around, maybe you can you can hang out. Yeah, yeah. No, it'd be great to see her. Yeah, she's great. She's fantastic. All right. Well, yeah, I, I, I we all appreciate the update. That's amazing, and uh, we wish you the best of luck. I want to say that once again, the latest album by a tribe called Red is Nation to Nation, uh, and they're on tour across Canada and the U.S. this February, including a stop as we mentioned, at Guelph's Hillside Inside Festival on Friday, uh, February 7th. And for more information about the band, you can visit a tribe called com. A bear, uh, two things. Uh, first off, we talked about your early production on the record, but you have no idea yet when this thing might be coming out, right? You don't have a plan. Uh, not really. We don't have a release date now, no. No, I mean, you well, just started. How could you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we haven't. Uh, yeah, we haven't decided that yet. It's going to be a much more uh, in-depth process on this album, so we'll probably be working on it throughout the summer and into the fall. Right, and since you're going outside of your the three three of you, it's like herding cats, as the expression says, to try to make <laughs> make sure everyone yeah, yeah. gets their stuff in and you can meet up. Yeah, okay, so. Uh, so it could be, I predict it'll be 10 years before this record comes out, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I wish you the best of luck with it. It sounds uh, ambitious, so it's cool. Uh, the second thing I wanted to ask you about is uh, a song. Is there a song from Nation to Nation that I can uh, uh, play right now for people to hear? Uh, sure. If you want to play uh, Sisters, that's one of my favorites. Sisters featuring Northern Voice. What What can you tell us about Sisters? Um, it, it was a really fun track that, that to do. Um, we made it because we discovered that we had gotten sent multi-track recording. Uh, what we had asked, um, is one of the, kind of one of the really cool things working with Tribal Spirit is they asked us, you know, what do you need? And we asked for split tracks from the drums and the singing mm-hmm. so we could sample just the singing. And what they ended up sending us were, was a multi-track recording where the, uh, the female backup vocals were split from the male vocals as well, uh, which isn't something like power music's always recorded on a single mic. Yeah. And uh, in in power music, you don't ever hear women singing just by themselves usually. So it was kind of this exciting discovery to find that we had these these uh, tracks, these these multi tracks. So uh, that that song was based grew out of that. Okay. Like, wow. <laughs> That's we can awesome. make a track with just women singing. That's amazing. It's it's interesting when you can be involved in a forum and uh, and still be surprised by what uh, what people send and what people contribute. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, this is a tribe called Red with Sisters uh, Bear. A great pleasure to speak with you again, and uh, I wish you the best of luck uh, with everything going forward. And uh, see you in Guelph. Thanks so much, man. Have a good one.
Hey, thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.